Well, this is always super hard to deal with people that you love and mm -hmm. trying to figure out, okay, how do I respond like Jesus? Mm -hmm. I mean, we're being conformed in the likeness of Christ. And, okay, Jesus didn't go around uh, judging, condemning, uh, rude to unbelievers. So mm -hmm. Plenty of examples of the Samaritan woman, the woman caught in adultery, mm -hmm. Matthew, the tax collector, mm -hmm. um, even the thief mm -hmm. on the cross, right? Jesus was kind to them, but he never affirmed their sin. Mm -hmm. In other words, he never was like, yeah, keep sinning. Mm -hmm. When he went with the, the woman caught in adultery, he said, who condemns you? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more, right? Um, and the Samaritan woman, you know, he cared about her. He met her where she was at, and he even told her the truth. He mm -hmm. said, listen, truth is from the Jews. She wanted to know, is the truth from the Jews or the Samaritans? He said, truth comes from the Jews. There was truth. Um, but he offered her living water mm -hmm. and gave her the choice. So, so there is this tension between loving someone who's even an, an enemy of God and who's sin, being sinful. Mm -hmm. Humility, knowing that we are too, and we're saved by grace through faith. We may not have the same sin, but we struggle with sin. Mm -hmm. But also standing for the truth. Um, and so we're responsible to do that, and that gets really nuanced when feelings are involved, which is why I always want to say get wise counsel, uh, process this, pray about it. But there are certain things that, that I've kind of come to the conclusion of. Um, and it comes from my own wrestling with my own son. You mm -hmm. know, there was a time where my son is uh, living with his girlfriend. Um, there's things going on that are sinful. Mm -hmm. And I had to say, okay, well, first of all, if you're living in my home, there's a different responsibility than if you're not. Mm -hmm. there, it's, there's, it's different if I'm dealing with a Christian versus dealing with a non-Christian. We'll I talked about some of that in mm -hmm. the sermon, and this is meant to, be, to go along with that. And So I'm being vague here, but I don't want to re-preach the sermon. Right. Um, and so with my son, who was living with his girlfriend, I would take them to dinner. I would um, invite them to the house. But they could not be uh, in a bedroom alone. Mm -hmm. in my under my roof um, they were both over 18 they didn't live with me anymore mm -hmm. um, there was a time where I actually had to say son I love you before he was age 18 but I will not allow you to do that in my house uh, and be an influence to the others mm -hmm. in my house and I can't affirm sin and so um, I uh, having to work through all that was really hard and it took you know, a lot of prayer and coming together with my wife on the issues and all those things. So um, this is where I'm at. Uh, if I had a relative who who uh, was getting married in a gay marriage, mm -hmm. um, hopefully they know I love them already. Um, whether they are practicing homosexuality or not, I love them. Mm -hmm. But I would not and could not go to a, a wedding. And my reason for that is, uh, 1 Corinthians 13 says something in particular. If you go down into the definition in verse 4, um, it love is patient and kind and all that. But it says, love does not rejoice with unrighteousness, but it re rejoices with the truth. Mm -hmm. 
I can't go to something that's rejoicing, something that is unrighteous. And the Bible is very clear about that. Now, um, it, it, I can't go and, and affirm that. And, I, and that's actually not love. The Bible says wounds of a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. In other mm -hmm. words, truth tells people the truth, or love tells people the truth. And not because I want to hurt you or judge you, but because sin kills you. It hurts you. Mm -hmm. um, but now at the same time, um, let's say that my relative said, you don't love me, you hate me, you know, blah, 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 whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I hate you. Oh, that's super painful. Mm -hmm. And my my response would be, no, I love God most of all. He mm -hmm. dictates. I, I love him more than I love father and mother, right? Jesus said, if you, anyone loves um, their father and mother, mother more than they love me, they're not worthy of me. Mm -hmm. So I love him most. He's the source of truth. I believe what he said. But I also love you, and I'm going to use God's definition of love, which is... I'm going to try to be patient and kind, but I'm not going to rejoice with unrighteousness. Mm -hmm. And you're going to find out how much I love you when I may not go to your wedding, but when I find out your cars broke down because I, maybe I'm following you on Facebook or something, and you get $500 from me mm -hmm. to say, hey, I love you. I may have rejected that decision, but I'm not rejecting you. You may have come from a world that says, if you don't accept me the way I am, then you don't love me and you're mm -hmm. hating me. Well, I don't. I reject those terms. Mm -hmm. That may make sense to you, but that does not make sense scripturally. And um, you know, I, I wouldn't. It, it, and we know that if my little boy says, "If you don't let me put my hand on that stove, you don't really love me, and you're hating right. me," because I really secretly, deep inside, want to. No, I don't love you the way you want me to love you. Mm -hmm. I love you based on God's definition, which is for His glory and your good, and that will kill you. And it may not happen right away, but eternally, uh, you know, spiritual reality is reality. It's a bigger reality than physical reality. And so I'm, I'm trying to love you, and I'm going to show you my love over time. I'm, no matter what you say, I'm going to keep loving you. I'm going to, uh, in my heart, pray for you. And I'm going to hope that you turn around, but I, I can't do it. Talk about it. it. The, the issue, there's a lot of issues on the table. Homosexual is one of, the, of these things. But it's, it's really, it's not just truth and love, but it's the truth of love. And That's good. And it, it would be like in the love chapter is love is always patient, love always affirms. But that's not in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I, I, can, I can be completely off, off grid but yet I have now defined, or this culture, or this generation has now defined love as you have to affirm me regardless of where That's I'm right. at. That's right. That's what it's doing. And, and, and so uh, I feel like the, it's the definition of love is really, is, re, is really the topic that we're... The world is taking these biblical words and redefining them. The devil, is that's what he's doing. It's really sneaky. And uh, part of what we do is we go, what did God mean by what he said? Right. And then we're going to live that out. Because not only because I love God, but because he's right and he's good. We do want to have, we want to be balanced with truth, but do it in humility and love, grace. Mm -hmm. Right. And we put those two things together. You know, some people ask me, you know, okay, I think we 
got some sort of comment about a, a mom. Yeah, it was a, it was a difficult comment. Uh, she said uh, she was quoting um, uh, about not being not getting away from sinners. Yeah, not eating with someone yeah. who is sexually immoral. Which uh, I get that, but uh, and, and you know these these people we're talking about in the Bible were brothers and sisters. It's actually it was one of her children, and so she was using that verse and say, I know that you don't want me to eat with my child. Yeah, that's not true. Yeah, I, I would say a couple things. Um, the passage that they're talking about is in 1 Corinthians, and um, he's talking about um, being unequally yoked with unbelievers. Mm -hmm. He's talking about um, do not even eat with a so-called brother who's sexually immoral. Um, and he, in this sense, there's some distinctions that need to be made. Mm -hmm. First, and he goes on to say, by the way, I don't at all mean don't eat with the people of the world, you know, don't associate with the people of the world, because you have to leave the world. Yeah. He's talking about with someone who is claiming to be a spiritual brother and sister, and he's worried about what that says to everybody else. If, there's, if you claim to be a Christian, what that does to the reputation of God, what that does to all the other believers, if you allow a little yeast in the dough, which is the church, the mm -hmm. body of Christ. So he's saying, don't let uh, somebody who is saying they're a Christian have access to and impress upon the, 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 the spiritually mature that this is okay by the way you relate to them. Mm -hmm. Now, what I always do is go, remember he's, he's making it clear, he doesn't mean non-believers. Mm -hmm. When you're dealing with your kid, if they're practicing homosexuality or or doing drugs or whatever, mm -hmm. um, doesn't matter which sin it is. He talks mm -hmm. about being greedy either. If they're greedy, he adds that to the list of don't even associate with them. Mm -hmm. If they're unbelievers though, they're unbelievers and that's a different standard. So when my son was acting like a non-believer, he would mm -hmm. have told you he wasn't a believer. But even if he had told you told me he was, but he was acting in this ungodly way, he's not. Mm -hmm. Okay? And so my private interactions with my son, who's an unbeliever, mm -hmm. is not what, what's going on here. I'm not praising my son or lifting my son up in front of the church as though what he's doing is is okay. I'm dealing with a non-believer. And I'm I'm doing it in my home because he's my family as a non-believer, mm -hmm. and I'm not allowing him to sin in my home. In other words, um, if my son were an alcoholic, would I would I go buy him beer and let him drink in my home? Mm -hmm. uh, no. Would I let him come over if he was drunk? Mm -hmm. Uh, and he's not living in my home, and would I sit down and talk with him and try to work him through that? Yes. Okay? So you've got an unbeliever who is um, acting in these ways. We're not to put the same standards on them that we are believers. Mm -hmm. Believers are pretenders, and they can actually influence people. They're an unbeliever. They're not trying to influence anybody. They're just not walking with Jesus. And so because they're an unbeliever, I'm going to have some interactions with him that do not affirm what he's doing, but I'm totally willing to keep trying and keep impressing upon mm -hmm. him and keep loving him, hoping that that relationship is built that he can come back on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I always say it this way. With my father, I tried, I, don't only, I tried to burn the bridge down. I tried to tear my relationship mm -hmm. down with him, but he wouldn't let it happen. He let me, when I was in college, he let me come home and stay in a trailer out in the house mm -hmm. or out in the yard. 
he didn't want me in the house because I was an unbeliever, but I also, he wasn't going to risk everybody else's life based on me. He, he couldn't love me more than he loved them, and he had to protect them. It was nuanced. With my son, when he was underage, and he's drinking and partying, mm-hmm. and I know he's doing that, I can't let him uh, do that in my house and influence my other kids. Mm-hmm. I wasn't kicking him out because I didn't love him. I, I did, and I was hoping that he would hit bottom and come to the end and, and return to the Lord. In the meantime, though, I was going to keep a relationship with him. He, he couldn't sleep with his girlfriend in my house. Mm-hmm. He couldn't party in my house. Would I go meet him for coffee and try to talk with him as, as I knew he was an unbeliever and try to love on him and build the bridges? Mm-hmm. And so there's a context to the passage, and, you, and, and there are nuances here. And so if your son is... Uh, is gay mm-hmm. practicing homosexuality mm-hmm. if he's struggling with homosexuality well we all struggle with attractions but practicing it is different mm-hmm. so if you're practicing sin in that sense okay now you're being an unbeliever or you're pretending to be a believer and I, I can't have that I have to be careful about your influence mm-hmm. I'm not going to contribute to what you're doing and I need to make some hard lines, but my goal is always to bring you back, not cut you off. It's from love, not judgment. Mm-hmm. So I think about a great story you ought to look at uh, if you're watching the podcast is the story of Eli. Okay, in the Old Testament, Eli, it's the story of Samuel and Eli. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli has two sons that he's a high priest, and, and, and he's these two sons are working as priests. Mm-hmm. And they're actually seducing the women and stealing the food that was meant for God. Yeah. And Eli knows about it, but he doesn't do anything about it. And so God says to Samuel, go tell Eli, you have chosen your children over me. Therefore, you're going to die. I mean, that's the short version. So yeah. are they. Mm-hmm. Be- why? Because from God's perspective, you chose your kids over him. Now, if Eli would have fired his kids from the priesthood and said, you don't have a job here anymore, but I love you. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to minister. I, I'm wanting you to come back to the Lord. I'm going to talk to you about Jesus. I'm going to keep a relationship with you. God wouldn't have had a problem with that. Mm-hmm. In fact, the reason that I'm going to discipline you is because I love you enough to discipline you. Yeah. Jesus went to Matthew's house with the tax collectors and the prostitutes. Mm-hmm. Not to affirm what they were doing and say it was okay, but to meet them where they're at and call them out of that house. Right? He's mm-hmm. saying, I'll come and meet you where you are, but I'm not going to build a house and go party with you and act like this is okay. No, if we're going to be here eating dinner together, it's, well, first of all, I'm not doing it. You're, I'm treating you like an unbeliever, not like uh, a believer. I'm not inviting us to have this party in the temple because mm-hmm. the temple's a house of prayer. Right? No. Jesus didn't like them doing things secular in the house of prayer. He mm-hmm. turned over the, the money changers. He didn't go to the money changers and kick them, kick them over where they were. He didn't like it in the temple. Right. Okay? In the same way, when you look at this story, he went there to say, Matthew, I want you to come and follow me. And since you're going to come and follow me, you've accepted me now. Let's go and let's meet your friends. Mm-hmm. And let's tell them about the changes. Mm-hmm. And then we're leaving. We're, we're going to party here and, and hang out here. Right. But these people need to know I love them and I care for them just like I do you. So, 
and you and you're right. Yeah, you, you said nuance. It is very complicated when the person is in your home and you are their parent. Yeah. So you have to set up boundaries. You have to do you have to do things that you don't do with other relationships, mm-hmm. uh, longtime friends, uh, extended family, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So in those situations, and. Uh, like we were talking about, you know, the truth and love. The, you have to accept where I'm at, otherwise you don't love me. They're defining love, not on a Christian level, which on the other hand, I can see how they could get there because they're defining a lot of things that that doesn't fall in line with the Bible. But they draw a line in the sand and say, you, you either are coming to this wedding and affirm me where I'm at, or you don't love me. Right. Uh, what, do, what do you? I reject that choice. Okay. I say, no, I do love you. But I can't affirm something God says is evil. But, you know, you want to go to dinner some other time where we're not celebrating something that God says is sin? I'll take you and your friend out to dinner. Mm-hmm. Will I let you sleep at my house as though you're married? No, that's... Uh, I have a territory that I'm responsible for. I'm not responsible for your, you know, uh, your behavior when you're out there in the world. But I'm not going to affirm it, especially in something that's before God legally binding and and let's act as this, this is healthy moral behavior it's mm-hmm. not and, and i think this is where this really comes into play is when we're talking about like the transgender issue here's here's what they're telling parents that if you don't affirm your children you're going to be responsible for their suicide so it's a threat yeah it, they're saying hey would you rather have a live gay or woman if they were a male right or dead, okay? Well, that's manipulation, and there, there's there's nuances to this. Mm-hmm. What I would say is, hey, what you do when you're age 18, um, that's between, that, that, I'm not responsible for that. I am responsible for kids in my home. Mm-hmm. We're not doing this here. You can choose to do it later. And the whole time I'm gonna be saying, listen, the studies show that people who don't actually go through with these, uh, these gender changing drugs and all that will actually change their mind at, at around age 25 mm-hmm. and they're extremely sorrowful if they made changes to their body that that can't be undone mm-hmm. it's a mental health issue I, i'm not being loving by agreeing with your mental health issue mm-hmm. okay um, and, and supporting that now the truth is if i stand on this it doesn't really help me if you're telling them, you know, not only are you saying that to me that it's gonna, I'll be responsible for their death, mm-hmm. but you're saying it to them and you're planting something in their head that if mm-hmm. they don't get their way, they're gonna show me. Yeah. You're not actually helping this situation. The final act of rebellion. Right. But, but also, you know, I had to wrestle with this. When my son was in a homeless shelter, mm-hmm. we had sold our house to help pay for his uh, recovery and it didn't take, he didn't fall through and I mean, his life's a mess, and mm-hmm. I still remember, you know, you hate me, and I'm going to die, and, you know, and and if you would love me, you'd let me come home, and in my mind, I'm going, no, I love you so much, dude, I've tried everything, I can't let you influence my sons, my other sons, I can't let you bring the enemy into my house, I can't live watching this every day and, and even be able to function, um, no, I do love you, but you have to stay there. And at that time, I mean, Laurie and I talked. It was a very real possibility that somebody would kill him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's with people in a homeless shelter. And I, I had to say, son, the truth is, you're driving intoxicated. 
I mean, what you're doing could lead to death at any moment mm -hmm. from your own choice. And I had to say, you know what, son, um, you're going to have to learn to live with these people underneath the bridge because that's who you're choosing to be around and with. I mean, you don't like the people you're choosing to live like. And I have to let you hit bottom. And I have to pray God keeps you alive. And you have to be responsible for your own decisions. Mm -hmm. And um, it was so nuanced. And I had to go, okay, if I put this line in the sand, um, it's possible he could die. Mm -hmm. That's true. But I had to be obedient to the Lord and do what God told me to do and be what I'm supposed to be and do my part for me and let the Lord do his part. Mm -hmm. And it, it, that meant he had to hit bottom and he had to experience the consequences of his actions. So, as a Christian, if you're living in my home, there are certain standards. Mm -hmm. I can't make you be a Christian, but I can say these are the standards of somebody who lives here. Mm -hmm. If you don't want to be in those, live those standards, this is what I'm responsible for. You can choose to live somewhere else. It does get nuanced when they're underage. Mm -hmm. But... But uh, I'm not going to let the culture actually force me into making decisions that doesn't fix the problem. Those who actually go through with it, they're not happier. You go through the study and find out what happens to people who actually mm -hmm. do affirm and where they go and what that means. In the re it's a lie. It's a false answer. Mm -hmm. It's a mirage, chasing something that really isn't water at all in the desert. It disappears when you get to mm -hmm. it. These people aren't happier. And so you're being blackmailed into something, uh, and then you feel like you have to choose that over your children. And what you have to do is choose God and trust Him and deal with whatever happens as a result. But listen, um, you know, replacing one terrible answer with another one uh, is not the answer. Mm -hmm. And the kid has to make a choice. Mm -hmm. If they choose, because they didn't get what they want to commit suicide. Mm -hmm. That's a choice they have to make. Mm -hmm. And would it kill me? Would I, have, I mean, I, my son was in a coma from a drug overdose. I get the feelings here. Mm -hmm. I get them. But um, we have to stand on righteousness and we cannot be forced into doing something that God says is wrong. Mm -hmm. And then let God deal with that. But keep loving them. So with my son, I would text him every day. I, I let him keep a phone, but blocked every other number. And I would text him every day, I love you. No, you don't. You hate me. No, I do love you. And it's killing me every day that you're there. Mm -hmm. And I did what I did to bring him to his senses. And I, no matter what he said or did, how much he stole, how much he did all the things that he did, God helped me see him as the prodigal uh, son's father who's mm -hmm. waiting for the return, just knowing he hasn't hit bottom yet. He actually has to come to repentance right. and return home he back before home. he's invited back in the house. The father didn't say, yeah, I'll come and support your sin. Right. I'll give you all that money. You can live here. No, he said, you have a choice. You want all that. Go ahead. But I'm, I'm, I'm going to wait here and you have to go experience that for yourself. And so I get that, that uh, what's happening, you know, and we live in a culture that's promoting promoting this. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's called a social contagion. Non-Christians will tell you uh, scientists will tell you that this is a social mental illness contagion. Now, now you're uh, specifically transgender. Transgenderism. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what they're doing with this. And, and uh, it's just 
mind-boggling to see what's happening. On the homosexuality issue, you know, it's very complicated. Mm -hmm. You know, they choose to marry somebody else. In my opinion, it's not really a marriage no matter what the world says. Mm -hmm. So it's not divorce if they come to their senses and leave. I mean, you may have to go through you now legal some sort of legal issue, but it's not the same thing as divorce between a, a man and a woman that's ordained by God. Right. Something that's ordained by the government doesn't mean it's ordained by God. And something that's ordained by God doesn't always mean it's ordained by the government. Mm -hmm. We are kingdom of heaven people first. That dictates our behaviors and we trust God, but we do it in a godly way. Mm -hmm. To be rude or mean or threaten or, or say terrible things about mm -hmm. somebody who struggles with a diff different sin or a mental issue they're dealing with, mm -hmm. that's not godly. Right. But you do have to stand your ground in a godly way. Right. And uh, that is not easy, and you know the, every one of these cases is is different. But it, it the whole thing goes back to the first week during this uh, this series is where are you getting your information from? It's got it's got to be the Bible, and how are you handling the Bible? Uh, because just in in this example about don't be around brothers, you know, don't eat don't eat with. Uh, uh, so-called brothers. Yeah. So-called brothers. It, that, it, that was not. We're not talking about kids. What, what is the re reference made in that particular scripture? And we have to go through those things, and, and then we can answer that, and then stand on it. Well, and to be honest with you, when you're first going through it, you haven't ever explored the issue to this step. This is why you need godly people to help you walk through it. That aren't. In, you know, sometimes you can't see the forest for the trees. Mm -hmm. To have godly people that walk through this and and go, okay, well, what does the Bible say here? And how do I look at this? How do I not respond in anger or fear uh, or shame? It's like a lot of it is I'm blaming myself for what my child is doing and I'm reacting to him based on some of my own feelings towards myself. And it's, that's why getting counseling and staying and, and working through this in your own spirit, the mm -hmm. fruit of the spirit, and that's not easy. Right. And when this hits you like a wreck, train wreck, you know, mm -hmm. uh, out of the blue for many parents right now and, and you didn't have any idea this was being pushed or your kid was considering this. And, and then your first reaction is fate, uh, fear or anger or shame or whatever. And you don't respond the right way. And then you have to come back and go, man, I'm so sorry. Sin is sin. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, I, I said this to a guy who called me this last week. And he said, he's just a brand new believer. And it, it, he is. Mm -hmm. He just got saved not long ago. And he's, he just found out his son's gay. Mm -hmm. And he's, he's embarrassed. He's ashamed. It's like the war is on. I don't even know what to do. And mm -hmm. I want to talk to him about homosexuality. I want to challenge him. I go, don't do that. Mm -hmm. Talk to him about Jesus and what he's done in your life. Because whatever the sin is, it's, it's not the root, you know, of the problem. It's just kind of the, um, uh, it's the right word. It's, it's a symptom of the, of the problem, not the problem itself. Right. And so... Um, Talk to him about Jesus and how, again, even if he, I said, would you be just as upset if he was sleeping with women? Mm -hmm. I mean, it, that sin's just as bad as the other. You have a view of that, and mm -hmm. yeah, that's not good. But what would you be doing if he was sleeping with women? What would you be talking about? Mm -hmm. Jesus. Well, why are you talking about Jesus with this too? He's the solution to the problem. Mm -hmm. We all have things in our life, attractions that are sinful, and we have to... To trust God, reject those with the power of the Holy Spirit. It starts with Jesus and the cross and the resurrection, what he does in us. And then we can start with the power of God and the perspective of God, start dealing with everything else. Start with Jesus. Don't start with the sin. Mm -hmm. And Because uh, I said, you've got plenty of sin you could be talking about yourself. Right. But you're hung up on his? Okay, no. 
Start with Jesus. Well, and then the other thing too is he okay. Let's say uh, he's targeting that sin. Don't be a homosexual. Okay, uh, so he stops doing that. Now he's moved on to something else. We're, you're we're, still going to hell. That's you don't exactly have a relationship right. You're right, back, you're right back at square one. And so here's the deal: deal with the Jesus thing. Be humble. It's a sin. You know, people go, well, "Why are you even talking about this?" If it's just a sin like you ever their sin. Okay. Well, because it's being promoted. Mm-hmm. They're actually trying to say, you need to do this. You know, would I be talking about lying the same way if they were promoting? Yes. Mm-hmm. Lie. Let's lie. You're a liar. You should be a liar. I'm mm-hmm. like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Every hold show on. you watch on TV has a. Uh, it has two has liars a, promoting yeah, they're, lying. Yeah, they're and you're getting, about lying. you're getting, you know, fame for being a liar. You're yeah. just a great liar. You know, and you get the part because you're a liar. Mm-hmm. And and we're gonna celebrate Liar Day. Right. And and it's liar parade. You and, have liar parades, yeah. And you know, and we're gonna teach you in school that you might be a liar and you should be a liar and give it a shot. Mm-hmm. Lying is a good thing with your parents. We would sin is sin, but this one's being promoted as though it's not sin, and that and it's being confusing confusing and it it's it's really dangerous. Mm-hmm. And so um and I want to talk about, you know, any any sort of sexual sin is sin if it's not being held to the standard that God gave it in the garden before the fall. Mm-hmm. And God wants to redeem us from that because sin of any kind leads to our physical and spiritual death, our relational death. So, again, we need to come in humility because all of us got our stuff and we mm-hmm. all got stuff we battle. Mm-hmm. But we can fight it, we can resist it with the Lord's help doesn't make it easy. Someday we'll be in a world where there's no more of these desires and things we want to do and mm-hmm. battles in our head, but that's not this planet. I, to this day, though I walk with Jesus, I have attractions, I have thoughts, I have things like, I can't even believe that still entered my head. Mm-hmm. And I have things like, man, that, that sounds pretty good. And, and it's like, whoa, hold on, with the Holy Spirit's help. No, I'm rejecting that. Mm-hmm. I used to feed it and it got stronger. Now I'm rejecting it. And that's what God asks us to do with whatever the sin attraction is. Mm-hmm. Well, it is a tough topic. Uh, I, I'm glad, Jim, that you uh, brought us into it a little bit deeper that you couldn't have done in uh, from the stage. But, uh, you know, your advice about finding somebody and talking about it that is a good Christian and, and, and walking through it uh, with you is uh, so essential. So I'm, I appreciate you doing that with me hmm. in this podcast. Beep.